Hello and welcome back to I Wouldn't Have Done It Like That. Once again, I'm joined here by uh, Simon or my father. Say hello. Hello. Uh, having a stretch. Just to be doing some gardening. Um, yeah, that's what you've been doing this morning. Um, today we're going to be talking about something that we mentioned in the last episode. Um, it's, I, I guess it's it's quite it's quite an easy topic to talk about, but it's something that did you come up with this or did you? Um, no, I actually saw it on um, I saw it on LinkedIn. A friend of mine had um, seen I think I think some they'd been in a meeting or something like that, and they got a whiteboard and they'd written down these things, and basically it's ten things that require zero talent or money um, or, or time for that matter as well uh, I, I, I don't want to say that it's like a very simple thing to, to do and to sort of go about like uh, life doing 100% perfect all of the time but here's should I just outline what they are yeah. um, so number one is being on time um, a lot of these things are going to sound quite cliche but number one is being on time Number two is a work ethic. Number three is your effort. Number four is body language. Number five is energy. Number six is attitude. Number seven is passion. Number eight is listening. Number nine is doing extra. And number ten is preparation. So you have all of those things, right? You have the ability to do all of those things and to a to a certain degree where people will actually appreciate them as well. Well, yeah, I mean you you have the you have the ability to do all these things. Before we go to this though, just following on from last week where we were saying how, you know how we were saying you are unique, etc., etc. Yeah, building a business and a brand and, and everything yeah, that's what and sort of like, there's no there's nobody else like you in the world. And you know, the chances of the chances of you being here are still a slim. I just are just yeah. mate, you can't get your head around it. Well, funnily enough, I was reading an article um, which basically said that the chances of you being born are one in 400 trillion. One in 400 trillion. That's the odds because it's of got, you it, being it has, born. It has to be the perfect time. Perfect well, if you think about it, right? If you like, In order person. for you to be sitting here doing this podcast, many, many things, not only just in your lifetime, but in my lifetime and my mum and dad's lifetime and mum's mum and have dad... Have had to align. Have had to have happened, right? You've all had to... You know, my nan and granddad had to meet to make my mum, then my mum and dad had to meet and bear and in that mind... that only happened because of certain things which took well, place. Well, exactly. And... I mean, bear, bearing in mind my dad came from Scotland and my mum came from London, the chances of them meeting were... Now, if you actually think about it, right, there's 7.7 billion people in the world today, right? The chances of two individual people meeting, um, you know, and having the ability to then go on and... Procreate. You know, procreate yes. and create their own children, etc., etc., are 400 trillion to one. Now, that's because there are 7.7 billion people in the world today. And if you go back to the time of when Jesus was born, there were approximately 300 million people on the planet. Mm. So it was a lot easier for people to... Whilst, whilst the odds were still ginormous, it was a lot easier for people, two people to meet back then and build a life together, etc., etc., and... So what I'm trying to say is, and this struck me, is there is more chance of Jesus being born than you. Okay, so there was Jesus was more there was more probability of him being born than there was of you being born. Now, 
I'm not saying you're the, the next messiah or the second coming, so just hold off on the casual dress and sandals just at this moment. <laughs> but just think about the the things that have had to happen in order for you to be born. You are incredibly lucky to be here. And, and that's I what think... I would say to everybody out there. There's a place in the world for everybody, and you're all incredibly lucky to be here. So start living this gift that you have been given. And I think that that, um, that sort of notion leads quite well onto the topic of today, which is the 10 things which require no talent. Exactly. Because so... if you're able to be here, then you're able to carry out these 10 things. Well, you have all these things. You have all these things. So let's launch straight into number one, being on time. I mean, that's that's something that's punched into you at school from day dot. It is my... I mean, Pet hate. I being remember, late. I remember to you anything. saying, "What is it?" You said, "Like you when you were." I mean, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. When you were in the bank, if someone turned up late and they didn't have a viable excuse, like I don't know, my dog just died or something, then it yeah. was one of them things where it was like, "Well, yeah." So if if like if 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 I had someone coming for an interview, for instance, and you know they couldn't be bothered to turn up turn up on time then unless they had a credible excuse like you know that they got stuck on the underground because the tube broke down or something I don't know whatever unless they had a credible excuse I just didn't see them mm. I would send Richard in or somebody else in to see them you know one of my junior uh, guys because my, my point is if you can't even turn up to the interview on time how are you going to turn up to to work on time yeah and I think with with obviously tra- trying to translate it out of the bank into actual real life, I think that whenever whenever you um, whenever you get introduced to someone, someone always goes, "Oh, it's about um, like the way that you hold yourself and everything." And like, yeah, these things are important, and the way that you speak to them and stuff like that. Like, yes, these things are important, and some of them are including these ten things. But because number one is being on time, I think because doesn't matter. Whether you're, whether you're male, female, uh, whatever skin colour you are, if you turn up somewhere and you turn up late, without someone even seeing you, they're already painting a picture of, of exactly. who you are. It's, it, it, but you're also, by, by, by turning up on time, you're showing the other person respect. Because... Let, Go strip it down one one layer more. What is time? What is time? Mm. Time is as we do this podcast. This time is moving on. You will not get this time back in your life. Yeah, you will not get this time for, back in your for, life for businesses, especially. Time is money. A lot of the times. Well, but 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 it's we're we're gonna sit here and chat for half an hour. We won't get this time ever again. You can't re- you can't press pause, rewind, and replay this bit of time again. You you just can't do it, right? Time no. moves on. Unless everything is a sitcom, then you know. And you've only got so many much time in the world, mm. right? And th- and this is the interesting thing as well is you don't know how much time you've got. I mean, like, for all I know, I get hit by a bus tomorrow. Well, we're all <laughs> ticking time bombs. We're we're all ticking time bombs, right? But um, you don't know you don't know when. When your life is going to come to, as I say, the average age, of, uh, um, the average age longevity in the UK is eighty years old. Not everybody lives to eighty. Some people go on to a hundred and what was that, Captain Tom or whatever he was, what a hundred or something like that. Um, and I bet he wishes he was eighty. He'd only have to do eighty laps rather than hundred. <laughs> but if, you know, and some people, you know, die younger. 
But that's, that's the point. The point is you don't know how much time you've got. So being on time, you turning up on time tells me that you respect my time. Mm. And I, who, who, who gives you the right to waste my time? Yeah, 100%. And I, I, think, I think it does also, it, it links back to what I said a second ago, where if you're, if you're not being on time, and, so, and I don't know if you're at like a party or a function or someone, and um, I don't know, you're talking to the boss of something, and or no, one of your friends is talking to the boss or something, and the boss goes, oh, I thought I was going to meet this person. And your friend turns around and goes, oh, he's always late. Don't worry, he'll be here in about 15 minutes. Yeah. That's that's painting a bad picture. Well, um, you know when we were in Dubai, they used to have the, what was it, the Pro-Am golf tournament where they would have, before like the race to Dubai where the actual to- golf tournament was, they used to have um, like a, what they called a Pro-Am. So you'd have one pro golfer who would partner up with an amateur and then they would play another pro golfer and an amateur. And it was like a competition, right? Yeah. So at the time, the the very senior guy, one of the very senior guys in our bank was partnered to go and play in this tournament. And I, I can't remember... Uh, no, he, he was partnered with Rory McElroy, And one of the guys on, on my desk was a really keen golfer. And, um, you know, the, the boss was coming over from London to do this thing. So we said... And he said, oh, I'm, I'm going to need a caddy. So we went to James and said, James, you want a caddy for him? Because he like, this guy's just golf nuts, right? He liked Rory McElroy, etc. And he went and caddied for him. And the people they were playing against were, um, one of them was from the a member of the royal family of Dubai or something like this. I think one of the low, lesser princes, and um, he was partnered with Phil Mickelson, right? So you got Rory McIlroy and Phil Mickelson. So I can imagine uh, two I, big name two golfers, big golfers, right? Yes, okay. Anyway, right, our guys will turn up, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Over here, like the the two, the prince and his brother, well, they were going to be coming to go with Phil Mickelson. The, the prince had decided his brother was going to be his caddy. His brother turns up and they're all sitting around waiting to play golf. Like half an hour later, like this dude still hasn't shown up. An hour later, this dude still hasn't. An hour and a half after they're due to tee off, he turns up. And the caddy, who's his brother, turns and oh yeah, Faisal, he's always late, blah, 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 blah. You have been given the opportunity to partner up with Phil Mickelson and Rory McIlroy on a pro-am golf tournament and you can't even be bothered to turn up on time. I mean, it, it. Where do you go from there? What, really? what, you know, but what, what, you know, in that scenario, what kind of, what kind of? What do you appreciate? <laughs> well, no, but what do Phil Mickelson and Rory McIlroy think of you know these these two members of the the royal family of Dubai? What, what do they think of these guys? I mean, it doesn't give, it doesn't come across as it doesn't give a very positive. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Impression. It doesn't give a positive impression. Impression, yeah. So, if you want to create a positive impression, be on time. Exactly. It's not hard. And I think I think that that, that one was sort of more um, something that you focus on a lot more. But I think I think the second one is something that I think we equally share. As uh, and I think I'm learning it, whereas I think that you're still quite good at it. Second one is work ethic. Now, when I when I think of work ethic, obviously the first thing that comes to my mind is school. Yeah. And I I do I do like to say that I have quite a high work ethic, but as we link on to one of the later ones later, I think I have a high work ethic in stuff that I'm passionate about. Yeah. 
Like, I'm not, I'm not going to turn around and have a high work ethic in computer science when I'm not interested in computer science. Wasn't it Steve, Steve Jobs that said the best, the best way to do good work is to do something you're passionate about? Yeah, or something, something along those lines. But I think for you, though, it's quite evident to be shown because you had a passion in banking and you had a high work ethic in banking and that's why you went as far as you did. Whereas when it comes to like people my age, and I, I think I'm still learning this as well, like getting up out of bed like at, at, at a decent time, I mean like weekends, I mean like chill out, but during the week trying to get up at a decent time, and especially with this coronavirus thing going on, I think it helps with the routine as well. Well, that comes back to what we said about structure the other day, right? Yeah. And you, need, you need to make yourself, Monday to Friday, you need to have a structure as if you were yeah, going to school. But... um. Now, obviously, like, work ethic isn't something that comes naturally to everyone. People get distracted, um, like, procrastination and stuff like that. But I think I think the only way to fix that is to find something you're passionate about. You won't work hard on something unless you want to. So tie, tie your... Tie, let's tie work ethic in with your passion, then. Yeah. Let's, let's tie the two together. I mean, ultimately... If you think about all of these things, being on time, work ethic, effort, body language, energy, attitude, passion, listening, doing extra, preparation, what are they? They are all... Fundamentals as well. But they're all price tags. Mm. They're all price tags that you can put out there to show everybody else what value you can bring to them. Yeah. They're, they're price tags. So the, the, the more you focus on them, and the more... And, and they're free, right? You don't have to learn these things, right? They're free, as long as you're, as long as you're doing these things, people will sit up and take notes. So your work ethic is, you know, I mean, for me, yeah, like you said, I was a passion in the bank. But the work ethic also came from the fact that I had to, you know, I was building a career. I had people that relied on me. You know, I had you, mum, and, and and your sister, and we had a family and a life to build, etc., etc., etc. You have to have a good work I ethic. I think one of, I think one of the overarching things about all of these 10 things is they are all words that you would that the cliche cv would involve yeah do you get what i mean as in like they're all words that like you would just throw out onto a cv and everything yeah Yeah, well i mean look effort exactly Uh, they're, they're all they're all words that you would just chuck on a cv and just that's that's the dumb thing yeah but i think that these 10 things I personally wouldn't put on my CV. Well, no, you don't, but... I mean, no, not not like that, but let, let me finish, okay? I wouldn't... I, obviously, you use the words and everything, but I wouldn't put them on my CV because I feel like they are... They're much more showing things than they are... Like, because anyone can read that and go, oh, effort, same as the last 10, yeah? If I turn up and I show that I'm actually doing the effort, yeah, then it's a lot more... It's a lot less taken for granted than what it actually is. Like when it's written down, do you get what I mean? Exactly, but you, you, it's a, it's a little bit. Well, you know, if, if you were going into a job interview and you've got a CV, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and you know, it's a bit hard to show some. Well, being on time, yeah, you've turned up on time. Body language, you can show in that interview. Passion and attitude. Passion and attitude, you, you can. Listening. Work stuff. ethic. Until you start doing the job for that particular job, is different. But, but you can have a personal work ethic within yourself. Yeah. That shows. So yeah, but you know the, these these are all these are things that these are things that you should be doing 
on without, a daily basis and, and without even without to an extent thinking, without even thinking yeah, about without them. even thinking and, and if you do them eventually if you get into a routine eventually you will these things will just automatically come out of you yeah and I, I as we said earlier they are 10 things that require no time no 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 money, no, no. You don't no, got to like, learn them. There's no physical thing. Well, you don't have to go to university, or you don't. There's no A levels in these things, think, or GCSEs in these, these things. These are these are instinctive things, but that doesn't mean that then they aren't things that can be that that can't be honed and they can't be like improved upon. Yeah, no, for sure. So, like for example, I don't know. Preparation, for example. Hmm. Yeah, that's something that everyone has built in them. Yeah. But they just need to learn how to sort of mould it and how to fit to what they're trying to do. So, for example, if my if I was doing my A levels, massive quotation marks, um, then preparation is something that I wasn't good at in the lower years, but I've learnt to be better at. Yeah. And I've given myself more time and and stuff like that. Um, but, but like you say, you learn these things as you well. I say you learn them. You've got them in you. Like you say, you hone them. When I was your age and I was doing my A levels, I. You were actually it, doing them. It was well. I I was actually doing them, but it was I I didn't I I didn't prepare for my GCSEs or my A levels the way I would like to have done. I mean, hindsight's a wonderful thing. I could sit here now and, and say, yeah, I'd love to have done you know a bit more preparation. But, you know, my my revision tactic was to sit at the dining room table and with the books open and and have like music blaring off in the background and you know. My mum and dad would sort of say to me, you know, why have you got music on when you're trying to revise? And I'm like, the subject gets a rhythm, you know, and I said, things go in better. What are you, a hippie? Basically, I just used to sit there listening to Queen all day. You know, Bohemian Rhapsody and We Are the Champions all the way through. Yes, I was taking some stuff in, but I I probably could have had a different revision tactic and done things a bit differently. That story links quite nicely onto effort in the fact that. Well, we touched I, on this in the first yeah. episode, didn't we? And I, I think that I think that effort is one of those things where, once again, I think these are all, these are all dependent on passion. It's all the. I mean, yes, like you can sit there and you can say, "Oh, you have to put you have to put effort in, no matter what, like whatever." But it, unless it's something that like you'll be putting in, I, I like to use the term like fake passion. Well, or fake effort. Sorry. Yeah, but also, well, then let's go down to number nine: doing extra. There are some things in the world that you don't want to do. There are some things yeah, in life that you don't want 100%. to do. You know, do you want to? I don't know. Maybe every every. I mean, when I was a kid, every Friday evening, I think it was, or Saturday evening, I can't remember what it was. We used to go over to my nan and granddad's and see them, and you know, it was. I love my nan and granddad. Don't get me wrong, but after a while, as a little kid, you get a little bit bored. You're like, I want to do, something. but you have to do it because that's what that's you know that was what was expected of me. But it also made them happy, so I I did it. Not that I resented doing it, but after a while, you know, oh God, we got to go again. And but I I went and I did it to the best of my ability. You know, I love my nan and granddad, and I loved going to see them. But every week, you know, after a while, you get yeah. a little bit. Yeah. So, but so in life, there are some there, there are, are some things. things you have to do that you don't want to do. It's like we were saying the other day, um, the other day in the last episode when you were saying, you know, whilst you're pursuing your passion your creative whatever it is you know is in your case music production yeah you need to fund that that music production 
you know, are you going to go and get a job stacking shelves down at Sainsbury's? Are you passionate about stacking shelves at Sainsbury's? Yeah. No, you're not. But you've got to do it because yeah, you've got to course, do that extra but to think, get you through uh, to everything else. But I think when we're talking about doing extra, I don't, I don't think that links quite as closely to effort as, as maybe because I think when you're discussing effort, you're talking more about the, more about the sort of the getting on doing doing it sort of thing. I think I read somewhere that 95 percent of the population do not enjoy what they do. Mm. Right? So 95% of the population putting effort into putting things effort they're not doing. Something they don't really <laughs> like. And you know and again that's about making a change, isn't it, to doing something you, you, you truly like. But again you've got to do some things that don't necessarily you don't necessarily want to do, but you've got to do those things. But yeah, I mean these are all things that you, you should apply to, to, to life. Your effort, should, your effort and should be there. And also, don't again, don't forget, all of these things show a value to the next person. But all of these things, once again, don't require any. Don't require any. What was it? Money. They don't require any material things. Don't require do any they're talent. Just, they're just you. There's they're no talent you. required. Um, the next one, I, I think, I think, I think we can link two together here: body language and listening, because they're both physical sort of things. So, I want to say that body language is one of them things where you don't want to look like you're pretentious, and you don't want to look like this, and you don't want to overthink it and everything. But if you, I get, I, I don't know, if I, I guess if you're like slumped over or whatever. I'll tell you what makes me think of is like when you like your mum will go up to you and say you're alright you're alright you're alright and you'll go yeah I'm fine and she'll go well why aren't you smiling and you'll go this is my resting face <laughs> and your mum's like well it's bloody miserable isn't it I mean but yeah you know, that, because think... that's what she's picking up from your face which again is your body language right? and yeah I, I, I don't really have much to say on this to be honest because I don't well, we touched on this last week as well. You know, if you're walking down the road and... You know, oh, okay, right, yeah. You know, if you're walking down the road and you're, you know, you're, you're confident and you're set up straight, etc., etc., etc. People go, oh, well, who's, who's that? You know, <laughs> exactly. And, you know, I told you the story of... Or it's like, you know... I told you the story last week of when... Or was it the week before? I can't remember. You know, when I got my first job up in the city and the, the, the senior guy said to me, you know, you've got to go... So I basically, I went to the city and I, I got a job in the back office of the bank, but I really wanted to be a trader. And three months into my gig, cut a long story short, the junior trader in the office left and the new role was advertised internally. So I put myself forward for it. About four people put themselves forward for it. And I'd only been in the bank three months. Everybody else had been there like three, four years. And um, so I didn't think I was going to get it, but I was quite good mates with one of the senior dealers in the dealing room. So I used to have to go in and collect the dealing tickets. And he just said to me, you know, when you go to have the interview with the big boss, just go in there, stand up straight, shake a firm hand, make eye contact, you know, be positive, positive body. Yeah, and these, you know. are, these are all things which you get taught in school. Yeah, yeah. Like they're, they're all things that teachers have said to you, like, this is what this is. I, exactly. I, I don't know whether it's just my school, but these are things that, like, teachers have sort of instilled in you. Well, the thing is, though, when you do, <laughs> when you do, you know, he told me to do all these things, and I thought, okay, wonderful, that's great, but shit, I've got to talk as well. Um... <laughs> And you know, so but when the interview came round, I walked in there and I did stand up straight and I did shake a confident hand and I did put my points across, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, and I got the job. I I actually got the job ahead of all these people that have been in the bank a lot longer than me. And later on, I actually asked um, the guy who was the the big boss of the dealing room, uh, a guy called Paul, and I said to him, 
you know, why did I get the job? And he said, he said you had it before you had it before uh, you walked, before you even opened your mouth because your body language you you came in confident and I want confident people in yeah. my dealing room and that is how I got the job. With my, if I'd have got in all slumped over on like, the high pool, I probably wouldn't have got anything. <laughs> right? I mean, he, he probably would have looked at me and just like tossed me out the second floor window or something. And I, I think that that is um, with regards to like job interviews that that quite nicely links into listening. Yeah. With well, also, 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 going back to body language, and this would be relevant for you young people today. Um, you know, when you want to impress a girl, or in the case of a girl wanting to impress a boy, you know, your your body language tells them Changes, a lot about yeah. things. That, because it comes from the animal, you know, when you get the peacock who wants to, you know, I, th- I think it's the the, feathers, the, the yeah. male peacock who wants to impress the female, or the female wants to impress. I can't remember which way round is. The big feathers come out and they start doing a little dance around and everything. That's him saying, "Come over here, honey. I'm the perfect match for you. You're going to have some great, great little so peacocks." So you're telling me, you're telling me that peacocks are using their feathers like Tinder. Uh, yes, yeah, swipe left, swipe right. <laughs> peacocks just looking at each other's feathers. But it, but if you think about it, we all come from the animal kingdom, right? And that's how animals go around. It's about I I think this showing themselves. I think this is quite a um the these ten things aren't they aren't just things which as we've said don't require any money or whatever and we keep going back to this but they aren't just that that but they're like they're almost ways of showing how much do you want it. Well exactly. Again it goes back to the price tag. How much how much like it it because if you can and even I mean I'm not saying that you should be able to quantify any of these things. But if you can, in some way, in your head, work out w- how good you are at each one, yeah, and then sort of go right, I'm going to work on these other ones because I really want this. Well, I, th- I don't. I don't think you necessarily need to. You don't got to say right. I'm. I'm seventy percent good at working. No, that's what I'm saying. Like quantifying it good is at difficult. Body language. But you'll as you go on. But it's like anything, as you do something, if there's a consequence to something you do and it's quite nice, you go, oh, I'll do that again. And you'll try and do it better because you want the consequence to be better. And also remember, all of these things, you do them today and you're doing them all the time, consciously or subconsciously. If you're doing all these things, you don't know what the consequence is going to be further on down the line. Yeah. You know, the fact that you turned up to an interview... Turned um, up to this podcast on time. Well, the fact that you turned up to this podcast on time, you know, actually got out of bed is, you know, is, is, you know? is cracking. But the fact that, you know, if, if you turned up to... Your char- your, your chances in life will be, will, be, will be so much more strengthened if you can use these things. You know, being on time. You turn, let's, just, let's assume you go to... I don't know, you go to a music college or something like that and you go yeah. to the interview and all the auditioners you had to do and you turn up on time the fact you turned up when you said you were going to be there meant that the person who auditioned you was um that guy what's his name uh can't remember chad chad jackson chad jackson who actually happened to have a edm hit back in like 2000 or, or something, whatever it house, was. House, yeah, or sure. You know, and, the guy, and you, you actually got the opportunity to be auditioned by someone who's done what you want to do. Yeah. You could have turned up later and you could have had the bloke that teaches guitar. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that might be an Eric Clapton, who knows, but... You know. Yeah, I get what you mean. But you get my point. And 
it's, it's about your chances of things of positive things happening to you are going to be a lot stronger if you're doing all these so let's go to listening then as we were saying about listening how many times in your class does your teacher always say and they point to them they go god gave you two of these and only one of these so let's use these a bit more By talking way, about your just, ears and your mouth just right? for reference yeah he's talking about his ears and his mouth two ears one mouth how many times did you hear that how many times did you well i don't think i've ever said it to you well i mean i mean as i've as i've sort of I think I have said this before in the fact that sometimes I don't feel like that phrase is necessarily correct because, like, for example, listening is important 100% and listening to um, and respecting, like, someone's authority as in, like, a teacher and stuff because they are there to teach you is important. But sometimes I do feel like the art of listening is ever so slightly... Like, be treating other people as like a dictatorship almost well no, no well, I'm not saying like you've got two of these and one of these so let's use these more and less of that is the yeah I mean for me growing up in school that was just another way of the teacher telling you to shut up yeah right um, but my, my, my point being is the fact that listening is is one of the best things because you've always got to have your ear to the ground listening out for, for opportunities and this that and the other listening in that sense then there's listening in the fact that being able to sit in like a meeting or something and listening and being respectful sort of listening well yeah i I think i think listening takes on many different forms and it's it's one of those things where people either use it as a way to tell you to shut up you can use it to try and try and just just make more connections or there's the other one which is just sort of passive listening where you're taking in the information that you see around you. But then think about everything. Think about everything you've learned in your life to date. Can't do that. Brain's gone. But the, but think about how think about how you learn. Think about the fact that okay, and we were talking about time earlier. You do not have enough time in your life to learn every single thing you need to know all by yourself. You want to bet? <laughs> I, I will. I will gladly take that bet. I will gladly take that bet. That is why you have parents, guardians, you have teachers, you have mentors, yeah. you have these people are there to give you a shortcut to to where you want to go. Yeah. Right? So, for example, this podcast shortcut to where you want to go. Exactly. It's a, well, yeah. I mean, this this podcast is one hundred percent a shortcut to where you want to go. Well, exactly. It's, <laughs> it's but it's it's not necessarily. You know, it might take you. I mean, take it back to let's take a, a practical example. Take it back to your music production, right? You have you probably learnt the the majority of what you know from the internet, the internet YouTube. right? From the internet, but you've learnt that by listening to people that already have that skill or that knowledge, or they've managed to work out how this works and this works. Imagine if you just sat down with your studio on your laptop and you had to go right. Where do we start? Yeah, you'd be like two years just working out how to use the system. You've actually managed to have a shortcut because you bothered to through listen. listening. Yeah. So listening, I think I think listening is massively underrated. Mm. Massively underrated. If more people did listening, we probably wouldn't have as many problems in the world as we have today. I think a lot of the problems in the world are because people don't listen to each other and in the they, first place. They they misunderstand and and stuff that's like not that. to say and, that's but that's not to say uh, communication isn't you know you've got to be able to speak oh as yeah 100 well. percent. but i think when when we talk about listening and stuff like listening it's 
it's one of those things that it can make you it can make you look like you're disinterested sometimes because you'll be sat there and all you're doing is listening and you're trying to understand stuff but that's where I think you're getting the underrated thing. People feel like they have to have an input at some point to make you look like they're interested. There was a there was a guy, um, my dad knew your granddad. I can't I can't remember his name. It's like Arthur or Albert or something like this. And they would be in a meeting, right? And they they'd be in this meeting, and and my dad said he was, it was it was amazing how this guy did it. You'd be in a meeting, you'd be sat around a, a round table, I don't know, maybe there's 10, 12 people in there, and everybody would be arguing their point and getting, you know, well, we need to do this, 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 this. And the meeting might go on for like an hour, right? Mm. And this guy would just say nothing for the entire hour. And then at the end of it, when everybody, because there comes a point where everybody said what they want to say, right? And they're all, oh, what can I say now? What can I say now? But they haven't got anything left to say, so that goes a little bit quiet. And this guy would then just open his mouth and he would say, in like 30 seconds, he'd basically taken everything in around the room and in 30 seconds he would deliver an idea on what they should do and everybody would go, wow, that's a good idea. Yeah. This guy just had this ability to listen to everybody and he'd take a little bit of everybody's input and then he'd come out the other side of it with with this amazing idea. So basically he, he took what they all wanted mm. and condensed it into 30 seconds. Yeah. And, you know, again, they wasted his time for 59 minutes and 30 seconds when he could have... Yeah, which actually, quite quite weirdly, is quite well done into preparation, which is, like, if all of those people would have prepped probably what they wanted to say and sort of, like, actually come in with just 30 seconds of what they what their idea was, they may have actually got somewhere quicker. Well, also, well... Do you did, know what I mean? Well, did those people, like, did those people do their research on what the, the, the topic that was going to be discussed before they went in there, or did you just fly in blind? Yeah. I mean, I went to a, I went to a meeting when we were in Dubai. I, I had to go to a meeting once, and I, I, it wasn't even my meeting. I was just being called in because they needed a senior executive from the bank to go into this meeting, and they're... If there just wasn't one in the building at the time so this other desk said to me would you mind coming into this meeting to meet this client yeah yeah fine whatever so uh, we'll call you about 30, 30 minutes into the meeting so I, I go in there and wow this guy with you know all senior executives come to see me and they called me into the meeting room and I walked in and there was this massive long table and it could like accommodate 10 people on either side of it right and there were, there were nine of my finest colleagues sat on one side of the table and there was this one client sat on the other side of the table, right? And it's a um, little, it's a little bit more. I felt sorry like, for the guy, man. It looked, <laughs> it looked like a version of Strictly Come Banking. It looked like it looked like like, like, it looked like they were judging. They're him. judging him like he's done something wrong. So, and they had this chair right in the middle for me to go and sit in. So I said, no, no, I'll, I'll just. And I actually went and sat around next to the client on his side. And anyway, they carried on. And after about five minutes, I sort of interrupted and I sort of said, I said to the guy, I said, like, you know, what can we do for you? Yeah. No one had bothered to ask him what he actually wanted. And I said, look, what can we do for you? The guy told me what he wanted. We then had a 10, 15 minute discussion between him and me. And um, and that was it. This meeting had been gone on for like an hour and a half by this point, right? An hour and a half of complete wasted time. It could have been done in 30 minutes if someone had bothered to prepare yeah. and work out what the guy wanted in the first place. Yeah. Is it that hard? No, it's not. And it's, once again, it's one of those things that requires zero talent. It doesn't. It requires nothing. It, it required one of those people on that side, on the on the strictly come banking as, side, as we, to write a freaking email. Yeah, but as we said, it's one of those things where now, now that you've done that, all of those nine traders, whatever 
but the Strictly Come side. Like, I'd like to think they maybe learnt a lesson out of it. Exactly, but that's my point, in the fact that these things can be learnt to, to, to be improved on. Yeah. So now, probably all nine of those people will sit there and go, hmm, I will actually do some better preparation beforehand. I will understand what they actually want. Um, and they're just... It's, it's, it's a strange one, because preparation, in your sense, is probably more linked to pre- preparing, like, how how to go about conducting a meeting or preparing a year in advance. Well, yeah, I'm giving you examples. Do you, do you go, yeah, what I'm saying is, is as in, in, in the way that you probably did, it was more like, let's prepare a year in advance because we're about to invest in this country or something. When it comes to, like, I think my age group, what, what, what we fail to understand is the fact that the 18 years that you're... Oh, no, no it's not 18 years, is it? It's more like... Six, six, twelve, fourteen-ish years that you're in school, something like that. Um, the fourteen-ish years that you're in school, you are continuously preparing to leave school. Yep. Which, when you think about it, is the weirdest way to prepare for something. Um. No, listen, hear me out. Yeah, those people in that meeting, yeah, are working in a bank. To prepare for a meeting with the bank. Do you get what I mean? When you're when you're in school, you're going through fourteen years of school to prepare you not to go to school. Oh yeah, but well, it's got to come to an end of something. Yeah, but they but in that fourteen years of schooling, you are a you're building a character. B you're building um, a knowledge base. C you are being prepared. I mean, that's the point of school, isn't it? It's to educate you to to prepare you to move on to the next stage of the next stage of your life. That's the whole point of school. No one's asking you to go in at the age of three, four years old, or whatever it is, and come out the other end at eighteen, the polished product. They're hoping to get you out there so that you can move on, so that you're prepared to move on to the next stage of your journey. I don't think, to be quite frank, schools do it very well. Because they treat it's, it's very much a conveyor belt, right? You go in at one end of the factory and you come out the other end of the factory, and they seem to think you're the finished product, but you're not. You haven't really. I don't. I think schools could teach you a few more practical skills for life. That's yeah. for sure. But you can't turn around and say, you know, those fourteen years. That's what it's, a, it's what built your character. It, it's what it's, it's what made you. It what defined you. Yeah. And how did you define? How did anybody define anything? It's, by being in these particular surroundings, that's how you that's yeah. how you grow, and that's how you learn. But I wouldn't say they're I don't they're not they, yes they are preparing you to leave school. Mm. But you know I mean you, well you got to be there anyway so yeah you might as well prepare for something. And I I think I think on that that sort of wraps up the the ten the ten things that require zero talent so. Just to sort of run through them again, number one is being on time, number two is your work ethic, number three is effort, number four is body language, number five is energy, number six is attitude, number seven is passion, number eight is listening, number nine is doing extra, and number ten is preparation. So, um, on that note, would you be able to sort of number them like... uh, I don't know, like your top three sort of thing? Well, number one for sure, because it's my pet hate, is being on time. I cannot stand when people are late. I can't, I don't want to be late for anything either. I don't yeah. want to waste your time, don't waste my time. Yeah, uh, I'm, and I think that I think that's just, that's quite a, a base one for everything. Num- number two? 
Number two, uh, well, I'm not saying they aren't all. In, I mean, they're all important, but attitude, I think. Yeah. An attitude is, you know, if you have a positive attitude to everything you do, it just sticks out. I mean, it just it it basically it chucks itself sticks out, out there like and a says, sore thumb. Yeah, well, not like a sore thumb. It's not sore, is it? it but it sticks out, and it, it it lets people the it lets people see the value you can add to the day, life, society, work. It just shows the value that you are going to add to that person, and they all want some of that and, attitude. And, and number three, passion. 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 Yeah. You got to do things that you're passionate about. Yeah. And that's not to say you don't have to do the other things. Doing extra, you know, there are things you don't want to do, but you you have to do them. Yeah. But passion is is key. Is it's yeah. if, you're, if you're passionate about with something, if you're passionate about something, you'll do it to the best of your ability. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Uh, I think personally, if I was going to number these, I think I share with you the being on time thing. I think that that's something that probably because we're, I don't know, father and son, but like that's something that I. I sort of hinge upon as well, um, but I think I think my number two would probably be work ethic, um, simply because it's something that I think if you can demonstrate quite well, it, it as you said, it sort of it helps to help it helps to demonstrate who you are. Yeah. I think as important as an attitude is, I think work ethic might just for me personally just sort of be a li- one step ahead. Um, and I think once again I share with you the passion as number three, because I, I am a firm believer that if you're not passionate about something, you're not gonna you're not gonna work as hard on it. You're not gonna you're not gonna perform to to, to the to the ability that you know you have. Yeah. Whereas if you're passionate about something, you will do that to the best of your ability. Yeah. And I I think I think that on the whole we can say these ten things are. Are what make what make you you really? They basically they advertise your value. They advertise what you can bring to the party, what you can bring to the table. Yeah, and it, it's and you know we were talking about you know you limited you you are the business. Your life is the business, and you are the product. Yeah. Okay. Um, and you have something. Everybody has something that somebody else is willing to pay for. Mm. and as, as we said last week there is a place in the world for everything you all have and got you, something that somebody else wants you theoretically can sell these things basically as you said they've all got a price tag well yeah you're, you're selling but by doing those things you're selling yourself to the world you're saying this is who I am I'm over here come get me I've yeah. got what you want you might not you might not necessarily find you might not connect with that other person being whatever it is you want to call it that needs what you've got straight away but eventually it will find you and you will yeah. find it and you will find your niche in life you will find what it is that you want to do so just chill out on trying to do everything all at once don't, don't, get, don't, get these 10 things sort of under your ten, belt get these and... 10 things out it's, it's like we were saying about you know um, when you go to school you have a locker right all of these things are in your locker yeah. You've just got to open that locker and you've got to reach inside and you've got to pull these things out of yourself and do them to the best of your ability. And as we said, you don't know how much time you've got on the planet and you don't know what's going to happen. No, coronavirus has come along and it's it's interrupted people's lives. It's halted 
many things that people wanted to do and you know your A-levels got cancelled the GCSEs yeah. have got cancelled people aren't doing their final exams for their university degrees perhaps you've been interrupted and you, you, you just don't know when these things are going to happen something you know this isn't going to be the only thing in life that is ever going to turn around and stop you disrupt what yeah. you're doing it, coronavirus is it's not it's, it's not the be one end all of life it's a disruption yeah so as long as you're doing all the things correctly, when a disruption comes along, well, you can handle it because you've already been doing all of these things. Yeah. So you've been doing everything to the best of your ability. It's like we said in the first, you know, if I'd said in the first episode when I said to you, if I'd said in you know September 2019 there's going to be this virus that comes along and is going to cancel your exams, would you have done anything differently? Well, if you're doing all these things in the first place, there would no there'd be no need to do anything differently because you would be you would have been doing them all to the best of your ability, and therefore you would show the value to your teachers, and your teachers will then grade you based on all of these things that you've done yeah. if you've been doing them. If yeah. you haven't been doing them, then they've got nothing to grade you, and they can't see your value. And I think I think that's quite a good a good way to sort of sum it up and sort of sort of bring it to an end, really. Mm-hmm. Um, once again, these ten things are things that you can do right now if you really wanted to. If you're got the drive in you, they're all ten things that you you are able to do. Um, so yeah, I hope that you have enjoyed this slightly longer sort of episode. Around, I think it's around about forty five minutes we're touching on now. Um, but once again, uh, we mentioned it in the last episode. Any questions? I had a couple of questions coming last week of, and we're planning those for future podcasts and stuff. But any questions or anything that you have that you maybe you want to talk, we want you want us to talk about on the show, and or or if you would wanted to talk about them yourself on the show, um, then you know send us send us anything in really. Um, we could do a phone in. Yeah, I mean that's a slightly nineteen ninety sort of esque, but we could Hot do like pickers. a Zoom call or something. Let's do um, line three or something like that. But yeah, otherwise, this has been the I Wouldn't Have Done It Like That podcast. Uh, I've been Charlie, and um, this has been Dad, Simon, Father, all of the titles you go under. So um, yeah, we'll see you next time, next week, for the next episode, every Monday. So yeah, uh, adios. And don't be late.